everyone. Welcome to Small Steps to Self-Love. Today, we have Nui Lalek with us today as a guest who I met, I think, first through Instagram. And I got to work with Nui on providing feedback and edits to her book, which is coming out very soon. And she since joined the Poetry Club, so I've gotten to connect with her more there. And she's an incredibly powerful writer writing about trauma and healing. And so I'm really excited for our conversation today. Please know if you are listening, we will be talking about assault, not in like a detailed way, but it is something we're going to talk about. So I wanted to make everyone aware of that before we dive into this topic. But Nui, I'd love to pass it over to you to just tell you tell us a little bit more about you, your book, anything else you want to share. Yeah, thank you. And honestly, I'm like obsessed with uh, the Poetry Club. I can hardly ever make it like live, but I love that you provide it there so that people can come back and watch it on their own time. It's such a great resource for poets, especially when you're just like lacking motivation. Thank Um, you. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, so my pen name is Nui Lelek, as you just introduced, um, and that is Hungarian. I am half Hungarian on my dad's side, and the words themselves mean female soul. Uh, that was very meaningful to me specifically because especially after uh, my assault, I grappled with this like hatred of being a woman, especially in a patriarchal world. And, you know, like even one of the poems that I have in my book kind of touches on that feeling that I had for almost a decade where I wrote, I hate this word woman, banish the thought. I exist. What more needs to be said? And, you know, it, it was like a very long time coming for me to sort of find a new love and a new appreciation for my femininity and the fact that I was born a woman in this world. Um, so yeah, so that, that pen name is very meaningful to me. Wow. I love that. I didn't know the backstory behind that. So thank you for sharing. Um, that's amazing. And the poem that you just read is one that stands out for me in your book. There's so many great ones and it talks, you know, your book, um, all of my favorite men are dead. Um, it talks a lot about the assault that you just mentioned and that trauma. Could you share whatever you're willing to share about the aftermath of that event in your life and how it had an effect on you and your mental health? Yeah. So um, especially when it comes to just my experience with assault, it wasn't just one event. It was within about a six-month time period. Um, uh, There was an instance with my high school cross-country coach before I'd even graduated. And then about six to seven months later, uh, my sister's ex-boyfriend. And just so quickly, especially after turning 18, it, it really did just feel like I, like there was a target on my back. It's like, all right, you're officially legal. And now welcome to the world woman. And it was, it was such a struggle. And I, that's when I really started, I, I, I had childishly loved being female up until that point. Like I had thought that I had so much power to control men and to like, oh, like if you wear a certain thing, then like they're, they'll do things for you and they'll buy you drinks and like all this other stuff. And like, it was very, it was very childish and naive looking back on it and then realizing that it's, it's such a false power and feeling so powerless after that six month time period in my life. And just hating how powerless I felt. And yeah, I specifically, because I just didn't have a very strong 
um, you know, foundation, especially within my family unit to fall back on of like love and support, I definitely turned to more toxic ways of, of dealing with it. I had, I, I struggled with a lot of self-harming behaviors that cropped up as eating disorders and just other, other self-harming, just scratching at my skin, pulling out my hair. And then I literally just ran away from everything. I spent about three years uh, traveling and on the surface, it seemed like I was living the life, but I, I couldn't stay put in any one place for very long. Cause I was just running from myself. And I kept looking for a place in this world where I would wake up and I wouldn't be me. And it, and it took me years to realize that that was never going to be the case. Wow. Yeah. That last part was very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry for what you've gone through. You're so strong. Your writing is incredible. I would love to hear a poem from your book and let the listeners hear how incredibly powerful your work is, if you're willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one of the poems that you especially liked, it kind of speaks to that time in my life where I was staying silent and I wasn't speaking out and I wasn't sharing what had happened and I was pretending everything was okay. And um, so, yeah, this speaks to that. Uh, and it's called, the title of this poem is Safer in Silence. I stayed silent because I knew I didn't have the strength to carry what my truth would require to withstand all of their ire, them, the bystanders, the faceless voices in the crowd with no skin in the game, metaphorically, literally. Yet all too happy to shame any woman who dares to stand up and claim her all too real nightmares in the light of day. I stayed silent and every woman who knows forgives me, I hope. And every woman who comes after tries to do the same as they are forced to climb onto each other's shoulders and shout what I could not even whisper. They are stronger because they have no other choice. They must to survive. And all I can be for the rest of their lives and mine is so deeply, inexplicably sorry. Wow. I love hearing you read that. That was amazing. And I think that's a great reminder for anyone keeping silent about anything in their life. It doesn't have to be specifically um, assault or your experience. But I'm wondering, how did you make the decision to stop being silent and start talking about the assault and even writing about the assault? Did that come first or how was that experience for you? So it's actually really weird is that the writing actually came after I finally made the decision to speak up about what had happened, at least in regards to with my cross country coach. Um, I became a substitute teacher after I graduated from college uh, just to make up some money so I could go travel. And I kind of stayed away from substituting high school because I, I was just so deeply afraid. I I remember I heard on, I used to love watching Criminal Minds, didn't we all just have like a fascination with the macabre, but um, there was this one episode where they're like, oh, if you're, you know, assaulted or, you know, anything like that in childhood, you're more likely to also then do it. And I was just so afraid that I was going to become this person who would also take advantage of younger people. And so I just stayed away from high school. And then one day it was like, that was the only option available. And I went onto the high school campus and it blew my mind. It's like 
they were kids. Like I, when I was in high school, I saw myself as like, I'm practically an adult. So when what happened happened, I blamed myself. I thought it was my fault. I brought it on. And then going back as an actual adult onto a high school campus was like, oh my God. And this man is still teaching and he could still be taking advantage of these children. And so that was the first time I went to the legal system in order to try to get things resolved. And unfortunately, it didn't have a happy ending and he didn't really suffer many consequences. He lost his job at that school, but he didn't lose his teaching credential. And so he was able to simply just go to another school. Um, And yeah, that that's it's silent. It kind of just silenced me even further of like, oh, I spoke up and I tried to finally do the right thing and try to keep other people safe. And I got nothing from it. Like it's, it, it's like, it didn't even matter. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I was like, well, then there's definitely no point in speaking up about what happened with my sister's ex-boyfriend, because I mean, the stakes are even less and I have even less proof, evidence, anything the legal system would require in order for there to be any kind of justice. Um, so the, the poems actually started, uh, I, I really suffered from suicidal ideation for many years after both events. And, uh, the last time I attempted to take my own life, it was January 20th, 2019. And two nights later, I couldn't sleep and I wrote a poem and I have been writing ever since. And I, I will swear on everything. I'm like, poetry is keeping me alive. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad poetry found you or you found poetry when you needed it most. Yeah. I really feel like poetry found me. I yeah. genuinely, that's what it felt like. I had never written a poem before in my life. I hated poetry when I studied it in college because I got a degree in English. Mm. And it, I think poetry comes to you in the moment when you feel so much that there's no other way to make sense of it other than poetry. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Wow. So you talk in your book about losing yourself and I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but do you feel like after talking about it, after opening up about it, writing about it, do you feel like you found the person you were before the assault or do you feel like you're a completely different person and you're okay with that? Walk me through that process a little bit. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of different poems that all kind of take a different perspective on this because I think at different points in my life, I have felt differently about like the experience of losing myself after the assault. Cause that experience has remained constant. It 100% felt like there was this death of somebody that I loved deeply and I had no idea how to make sense of it. And I feel like at least where I'm at right now, the thing, the way I would describe it is I 100% experienced after the assault, a death of self. And for the longest time, it felt like I was carrying around this corpse. And every now and then I would like, you know, put new clothes on it and try to parade it around as if it was alive, introduce it to people. And like, you know, maybe like try to talk for it. And and it, it was obviously not me, but it was like trying to like parade it around and be like, no, 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 this, this is still me and it's still alive. And, and I think I finally have gone to the point where I, I genuinely laid her to rest and I've grieved her and I've 
taken the memories of my experiences with her and used those positive memories and the things that I loved most about her to form the person I am today, just wow. in the same way we would with a loss of, of someone we truly love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of times, like the loss of someone you love. So I'm curious with this being a self-love podcast, had you kind of achieved self-love before this happened? Were you very confident? Were you very, you know, had a lot of self-love beforehand and did that kind of waver afterward? Or have you always kind of been someone who saw your value, all of that? So I, this is one thing I love so much about your podcast. And this is like a perspective that I genuinely want to share in the hopes that maybe somebody who's listening will be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I'm doing the same thing. I was obsessed with like self-love quotes and everything from like the time that I was like 18. Like mm. I just like loved reading them and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like on a head level, I was complete in agreement with what they were saying, but yeah. they didn't penetrate to the heart level for me for the longest time. And I was so in my head, I didn't even realize it. Here I was agreeing with all this self-love stuff, but the way I talked to myself was still, God, you're so stupid. How could you do that? You're such a failure. I can't believe anybody likes you. Like the nastiest, meanest things were going on inside my head. And it didn't even occur to me that I was you know, preaching one thing of like, oh, this is what I love and giving my friends advice of like how they should treat themselves and not taking it for myself. Mm. And I really, at least for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, if there's one advice I could give anybody is like, tell yourself, I love you every night before you go to bed. As if you're like your own mother talking to like your like beloved daughter. And like every morning when you wake up, be like, good morning, ask yourself how you're doing. Like just treat yourself like the best mom you ever wanted. Like literally be the best mom to yourself. I love that. I love that advice. Um, and it's so true. I, I honestly didn't even really hear the term self-love. I feel like until the last few years, maybe I was like living under a rock, maybe like five years, I guess, whenever I got online and started posting about self-love stuff without really realizing it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a term that's thrown around a lot and something I feel like we can kind of say, but we actually have to practice it and put in the work. And it's something that I think we're all actively doing. I definitely don't claim to love myself hundred percent of the time. That's why I did this podcast. Cause I'm like on this journey with everyone listening to. So yeah, yeah definitely. So you just gave some great advice about self-love. What would you say to someone who is navigating the aftermath of assault and and healing from that? I would say, please, please, please just don't be hard on yourself. Like the best thing you can do is just give yourself kindness and compassion because the the instinct or like the thing that you're going to do without even thinking about it is you're going to shame yourself. You're going to guilt yourself. You're going to blame yourself. You're going to look for the ways. And what I started to realize through therapy is taking on the blame and the guilt is actually a self-protection mechanism of if I blame myself, that means what happened was somehow in my control, which means I can control whether or not it happens again. So don't be hard on yourself when you're like noticing that you're blaming yourself or you're guilting yourself. This is just like your mind is trying to protect you of like, I need this to somehow be in my control. So that way I can make sure it doesn't happen again. Like Uh 
whatever you notice coming up, even if you think it's negative, just stop placing judgment and just like give yourself love. Just give yourself so much love. Just be like, you know what? You think it's your fault. I don't care. I love you. You know what? You don't think it's your fault because it wasn't, it absolutely wasn't, but like, I don't care. I love you. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, just constantly go back to, it doesn't matter because I love you because I love you so much. I love that. Is that what you just said? Something you feel like you really wanted to hear or something that you really worked on after, or is it something that was more recent that you kind of discovered? It's something I wish I would have done so much earlier on because I think I went the exact opposite route for so many years and I just hated myself. It's like I hated myself because I thought I was at fault. I hated myself because because then I had the thoughts that I was at fault. So I'm like, you're victim blaming yourself. So then I judged myself for victim blaming myself, which made me hate myself. It was like this constant spiral of just reasons why I didn't deserve to give myself love. And it's like, that was the exact opposite of what I needed at every moment. Right. Wow. Well, I'm glad you've realized that and um, we're able to share such beautiful advice of what, you know, you needed to hear most too, because I feel like that will really resonate with a lot of listeners. So thank you for that. Um, we would love to hear another poem from your book. If you have any others you'd like to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this one kind of speaks to this idea of like reclaiming, like your story, your name, your ability to like decide how you want to write the events of your life. And um, I have a mixed relationship with this poem and I'll get into it after I read it. But okay. end of the day, I'm like, I love it. I love all my poems, even though sometimes I go back and I'm like, I no longer agree with that, but I love mm-hmm. it. I wrote yeah. down the truth at the moment. It was my truth. Exactly. Uh, so this one is called A Trauma Legacy. Remember me mad. Remember me angry. Remember me a wildfire burning everything you love to the ground. Remember me a thousand feet down beneath your feet, food for the worms, yet still refusing to admit defeat. Remember me untamable, unbroken, unshakable. Remember me with chills sprinting up your spine. Remember me shrill, a woman's voice to the end, a woman's walk, a woman's body, a woman's mind, a woman's way of living. And when it's up, a woman's time. Remember me, unapologetic through it all. Remember me, remember me, remember me. Else throw all memory of me to the wolves, on the wind, lost to the waves, even gone, still brave, still hungry, still untamed. And coward that you are, unable to forget, unwilling to remember, be done with my name, for it was always mine alone to claim. Oh my goodness. I'm snapping. I'm snapping for that one. Hearing you read it. Oh my goodness. So powerful. The strength in your voice is just phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about that poem about reclaiming your name and anything you want to share. Yeah. So what I want, some things that I love about this poem, it's, it's reclaiming that anger. Cause I like, I feel like I was mired in like the depression and the sadness and the grief and the loss for so long that it really took me a while at least to get to the point where I remembered that I had a right to be angry, that something completely unjust happened to me that arguably should not have happened. And it 
just being able to express that anger felt so powerful for me in so many ways. And I was speaking not only just to like, obviously the men in my life who have completely taken advantage of my trust, but just the patriarchy in general and uh, just reclaiming like, no, go ahead and remember me shrill because I have a woman's voice and I have a woman's body and I have a woman's way of living. And I'm no longer going to be ashamed for any of that. And I'm no longer going to use that to be like, and this is why I deserve what happened. No, I didn't. And just the fact that I happen to be a born a woman doesn't mean that I deserve to be treated any differently. Amazing. You have this one poem in your book that I mentioned to you before the episode that makes me cry every time. <laughs> um, it's toward the end of your book, but if you're open to reading it, I would love for our listeners to hear this piece and just be even more motivated to go get your book when it's out because it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I'm definitely open to reading it. It's the very last poem. And I remember when we were uh, when you were editing and giving me feedback and stuff before it got published, because you're an amazing editor and I'm so glad I, I got to use you. Um, we were going back and forth on what should be the last one. And I love that we both ended up in agreement that no, this one is, is beautiful and powerful. So it's called Me Too. It happened to me too, that thing you don't speak about. And even though I don't speak about it either, I just wanted you to know you're not alone. I see the pain you never show. I've heard the screams that burn inside your throat. I taste the tears you cry at night. So even you can't see how much this world has broken you. And though it can't possibly lighten your load or take away your pain, I hope it helps in some small way to know this world has also broken me. And yet somehow, still, I continue to be. Ooh, the tears are here again <laughs> every time. And it's just that last line. That I'm just like, yes, shout it to the universe. Thank you for reading that one. Oh my goodness. Amazing to hear you read it. Especially anybody who's, who's dealt with suicidal ideation or attempts. It's like, I feel like those last three lines are just so powerful because it's like, you don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to know how I still made it to this point. All that matters is that I did. You did. Absolutely. You're still here. Yep. Oh, this was such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being a guest and hiring me as your editor. It was so amazing to, to see this book come to life and the fact that it's printed in front of me right now. It's so amazing. I can't wait for it to be out. So tell us where we can find you for those who want to see your poems, get your book, all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find my book on Amazon. So you should be able to just type in all my favorite men are dead and uh, find that. And then my website is nuilalek.com. So obviously that's super hard to pronounce uh, for anybody who needs it spelled N-O-I-L-E-L-E-K.com. And then I'm on Instagram as nuilalek spelled the exact same way. Perfect. Thank you. I'll have the links and everything in the description as well. So people can find you a little bit easier. Thank you again for being here and being vulnerable and open and sharing amazing advice and reading amazing poems. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. This interview was so powerful. In every episode, I always give my listeners a small step to take with them this week to practice. And this week, I love what we talked about reclaiming your name. So 
I want to encourage everyone listening to write their own reclaiming poem. It doesn't have to be a poem. It doesn't have to rhyme. It can be a journal entry. It can be just a thought dump on the page. Reclaim something that someone took from you or something that someone thought they took from you, but it's been there all along. Think about that. Write it down. Journal it. Speak into your phone, whatever you need to do to get it out. And if you do it, let me know how it feels in the comments or in a rating or review or send me a DM. I would love to hear from you because I think doing that is just so incredibly powerful and empowering. 